This is an Area Code podcast. All right. Um, <laughs> do, you want, do you want me I'm to starting, go first? I'm collecting myself. I'm collecting okay. myself. Hi, I'm Richard Clark. And I'm Bethany Perkins. We can't stop talking about the Enneagram. So we decided to start a podcast where we get it all out of our system. We're not experts. We're just obsessed. It's No Chill Enneagram. A safe space for Enneagram fanatics. And a really dumb idea for a podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of our podcast, Bethany Perkins. Hi. How's it going? It's going great. I'm a little sick, so you may notice as I'm talking that I bear with us if you hear Bethany blow her nose yeah just try to act like just be be cool about it be cool you guys okay don't make a big deal out don't be like (laughs) and don't rate us with one star and go either yeah um we have a really awesome guest one of my favorite writers on the internet her name is Laura Turner Laura You guys should really at least get my name right beforehand. I don't. I don't know why I just like dropped the R on the end of your name, but I basically thing. got it right. Mm-hmm, basically. Uh, yeah, exactly. Laura Turner. That's how my mom would pronounce your name. I like yeah. it. Uh, Laura, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, you write a lot of stuff. How would you describe what you write? <laughs> just stuff. I like that way. You write a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I usually tell people uh, that I write a lot about religion and politics, um, yeah. but I often say that just because I think it's you know a way of getting people to stop asking more questions. Um, right? Because it's like freaking people out yeah. immediately. Oh, the things you're not supposed to. Um, I yeah. do that. I write a lot of uh, personal essays and. I write a lot about uh, anxiety as well. So those, however those things all fit together, um, those are the main things that I write about. Right. And you, you have in particularly, in particular been going sort of all in on the anxiety stuff lately, it feels like, (laughs) which, how does that feel to like make anxiety your beat? Like what made you want to do that? My brand. I mean, (laughs) I think a big part of what made me want to do it is I... Uh, it's kind of like, you know, people say in book writing, write the book you want to read. And for me, I have not yet written a book, although I'm working on one about anxiety right now, but it, it was born out of my own experience with anxiety that I started to write about it more just because, um, I wanted to read about it and there wasn't as much narrative writing about anxiety a few years ago as maybe there is now. Um, I think for a lot of reasons, we're in an age of heightened anxiety, even, you know, Mm. five years out from about four or five years out from when I started writing, uh, that has increased nationally. So it's a it's a topic that people are interested in. It's a topic that I am interested in, and it has lots and lots of different facets. And um, I like mining those. That makes a lot of sense. Lately, I've been feeling like no wonder I'm anxious. And then <laughs> I would the reasons I'm anxious are like normal per- people things. Like they're not unique. Right. And it feels like we're in a time where everyone's just living a life that will inherently make them anxious. Yeah. Between social media and the way we deal with work and the way we deal with life and we have family across the country and all of this stuff. It's just like 
it feels like inherently unhealthy all the time. Yeah, and there's a lot of fragmentation in modern life. I'm obviously not the first person to observe that, but I think when we mm-hmm. start to feel disconnected or like we're at pieces of ourselves, um, we lack the integrity that can make us unanxious. And I think that's actually where, you know, to segue, the Enneagram is has been and continues to be really helpful to me. Um, yeah to think about myself as a whole person and to think about anxiety as both a hardship and in some ways a gift as well. What number are you? I'm a three. So I hope that you guys really become impressed with what I have to say to you. <laughs> We're already <laughs> that impressed. you think real highly of me. Um, yeah, I'm a yeah. three. I think with a two-wing, although I certainly sometimes can think of myself as, um, you know, wanting to be special and all that goes along with a four. But I think primarily I would identify as a three with a two-wing. Based nice. on the list of interests you gave us uh, when we asked you, mm-hmm. like, what were you into? Uh, I think I would have bet $100 that you were a four-wing. <laughs> because wing. I said I was interested I was in death. that, too. Yeah. Death and, like, envy. Death and envy. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I need I to know. explore this more. I want you yeah. to have a two-wing, though, because, yeah. because I'm a two Yeah, I mean, yeah. I understand, Bethany. Yeah. Well, let's fight over it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to our next segment, which is called How Bad Has It Gotten? How bad has yes. your uh, obsession with the Enneagram gotten in your life? So I was thinking about this when I was at home looking on my bookshelf to see how many Enneagram books I have. And I think it all started <laughs> with the Richard Rohr book, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a you know a gateway drug for a lot of us. And then... To be fair, for a time, I did work at Harper One, which published a lot of Enneagram books. So Mm. these I got for free. But I think I had 11 Mm. different Enneagram books on my shelf, which I feel like is, um, yeah, that's, you can take that for what it is. How many have you read? Yeah, I have not read all of them. Probably I've read like eight of them. I think there were two or three I hadn't. You got me beat. so many. Yeah. Oh, man. I should host a podcast. Move out of the way, you guys. Let the three take over. (laughs) <laughs> I, I heard anyone can host a podcast about the Enneagram <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> anyone. So totally. because you're a three and you have an interest in anxiety, there's one particular thing I wanted to talk about. And I'm not just mashing together words. This is actually a subject I've been particularly interested in. But this <laughs> idea of performance anxiety, mm-hmm. this is something that I realized I feel like I struggle with. So the times that I've had like something close to anxiety attacks, it's been like either right after or right before I was about to like perform in some way. So I like Mm. improv related or Mm -hmm. like public speaking or even like I realized at one point, oh, every time I write something, I'm having like a slow-mo anxiety attack, basically. Um, Do you experience any of this, especially as an Enneagram 3? Is this something that affects you and like, does it affect you at all? So something that's really funny um, is that like what you're describing is obviously very normal. And I think you've talked a little bit about doing improv and how that can be both scary and helpful. I've never done it before, but I think Mm. that's such a good way of kind of training yourself through the fear Mm -hmm. but um even though i get i'll get anxious or nervous before i'm gonna maybe speak in front of people or before i share something that i write i think probably because i'm a three um that actually is like way more energizing and exciting for me oh interesting so i get that kind of 
nervous energy where I feel a little jittery or over caffeinated, but I actually feel that in the, in the excitement channel of that nervous energy rather than the anxiety channel of that nervous energy. Um, and I think that's a little bit harder for some other people who are anxious to relate to because the idea of maybe speaking in public is, is really terrifying and I actually really like it. But that's, I think the three like performance, you know, doing something that, that maybe is impressive or achieving something like that feeds into a part of me that's both really good because yeah. I like communicating and really, really desires other people's approval. Let's type people in things. Yay. So we decided, well, it sounds like we all love Harry Potter. Yes. What a relief. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea it's how really relieved I am. hard to find a group of people. <laughs> yeah. It is. We're all like, pro Harry Potter. First of all, can we just establish where people were when they started reading Harry Potter, like in their lives? Because I think this is an interesting question. Um, mm. And it's one that's going to date me and make Bethany sound like a... <laughs> Like she was just born or something. So, uh, yeah. So I started reading it in the womb. Oh, wow. (laughs) No. (laughs) I was definitely a child. Uh, I don't know exactly how old I was, but my mom used to read it to us. But I hated reading as a kid. So I didn't actually like read them on my own until I was like a teenager. And then that started my obsession. So... I was in college. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I was definitely in college when I started reading Harry Potter. And it was well into the series though, I'll say that. Um Okay. So it wasn't like they came out when you were No, in I well, I started reading around the time the fifth maybe was coming out. So I okay. remember the last few I would like camp out at the mm-hmm. bookstore or whatever. Nice. What about you, Laura? Oh nice. I was right in between you guys. I think I was in high school, although again, I think they had come out maybe when I was in middle school or the mm-hmm. first, the very first one came out when I was in middle school, but I read them in high school and I remember the very, like maybe the fifth one also, I think the fifth one, the Order of the Phoenix came out when I was a graduating senior in high school. And I think that was the only one that I did the like, go to the bookstore kind of thing, mm. um, which was great. And then my husband and I, when the very last of the second, the divided sequel uh, movies were, were coming out. Mm-hmm. We rewatched all the movies together and he had not read mm-hmm. the book. So that was very fun. Awesome. I remember, so I have a good. very clear memory of being in line for the last, uh, the last book and just being deathly afraid that someone would drive by and yell spoilers out the window. <laughs> oh my God. For some reason that was a thing that felt possible. Um, I feel like maybe I'd seen a video of it happening or something. And was Man, of all scary. the fears to have, though, I know we should look into that in therapy. I think. <laughs> all right, <laughs> so let's type the characters, Bethany. I want you yes. to lead on this because you okay. um, probably know all the characters better than we do. So let's just in- throw a name I mean, out there, and then we can discuss who's what. Okay, well, let's start with Hermione because I think that's really obvious that she's. A one, I think. Um, Interesting. Laura, I would have think? guessed that Hermione was. A, I would have said Hermione was a two, but I think that. Oh. I, I because she was so often the one who was there to help everybody else when they were in a pinch. We were just reading the toast before you came on because we went through like a. Oh, that's we funny. were like, 
just randomly reading your selective works. And then we were at the toast. We were like, I wonder if they wrote about Harry Potter. And we did a search. And then we found an article that was something like, what would happen if Hermione didn't do everyone's homework for them? Yes. I remember that one, actually. Um, it's so, so that's true. A really everyone good point. There's, there's definitely some two stuff going on there. Maybe she's a two um, wing. Yeah. Maybe she's a one with a two I wing. I think she's a one wing two yeah, for sure. I like that. Um, I just think like because ones are so motivated by like being good and being right yep. and that seems like it's her motivation mm. um, and like you know she is a perfectionist and the perfect grades and all the answers and all that stuff what was that weird um, thing she started uh, where she helps the elves oh for the, the house oh, elves yeah. I forgot was it called spew it was <laughs> yeah called spew. it was it was yeah <laughs> That's so yeah, weird. See, but that's like a justice thing, you know. Totally. Like, it's justice totally, and yeah. compassion, yeah. you know. Though when I was young, anger, I started a yeah. save the whales thing, which that was weird. You started save the you whales, did? Richard? I, I, the wow. save the whales. Anyone really, heard of it? No. It really I like, blossomed. I would like go around collecting uh, money for Save the Whales. And this is terrible. I'm pretty sure I didn't give that money to any whales. <laughs> oh, no. I wow, don't know what you happened. You didn't even give it to the whales. I was a little kid. I didn't know what I was doing. Those but we poor were not, whales. Yeah. Someone needs to, needed to report me, to be honest. Because yeah. I you needed to at least like walk out to the ocean and throw, throw the money in. <laughs> like Good Job idea. with the letter in Arrested Development. <laughs> right. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, all the dollar bills are just flying back in my face. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, I could see a five for her, but I think that's like yeah. oversimplifying a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's like, it. it's like saying you're creative. You, you're a four. <laughs> right. It's like, you like to study. You're a five. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely thought about it, but. No, I, I think, think the one win. wing two is right. Cool. Um, okay, Ron. Ron has got to be. Oh wait, oh. can I? Can I go or should I wait for you guys to go? Yeah, no, you go. Can go. go. Okay. Yeah, go for I it. I feel like Ron is a hundred percent a six. Yes, yes. agreed. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> oh, that was easy. No, I agree with that. Yeah. He's yeah. just so like I mean, like the definition of loyal. Um, mm-hmm. kind of yes. nervous to like fearful try new things. He wants to go in with a plan. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't hey, can, see yeah. anything else but a six. Can I ask a question here? Is it possible that J.K. Rowling like knows about the Enneagram or knew about it and used oh. it in her writing? I know that she, she knows about it, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I don't know if she knew about it back then. Because if I were a writer, it would be hard for me not to just automatically assign numbers to every character. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like a really good way of writing good characters, I feel like. I remember yeah. when I was uh, doing my MFA... Uh, in creative nonfiction writing, one of my mentors actually said it's a great way to develop people or characters. If you know their Enneagram number, read a little bit about them and use that language to talk about them. So kind of mm. felt like cheating, but can actually be um, yes. really useful when you're writing about someone else. Yeah. Okay. But we need to talk about Harry because hear me out. Mm-hmm. I think that Harry is a four. What? Whoa. Yep. I think he's a self-preservation four. Wow. I... I yeah I have thought long and hard about this. <laughs> I believe and I've you. tweeted many things about it because I was just stumped for a long time. Like I thought I'd considered nine, but I really don't think he's a nine. 
Um, I thought one, but he's like, you know, he breaks the rules all the time. And and then I read about self-preservation fours, and it's called, um, it's like the long-suffering four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so they're stoic in the face of their inner pain. They don't share it with other people. They they want to hide it. That's like their form of suffering is like mm-hmm. um, they suffer inwardly, but they don't really want other people to see it and they don't want attention for it. And he totally has like that inner wound of like or the, the childhood wound of abandonment and feeling different from everyone else. Yeah. Like, yes. He was magical, but he didn't know it his whole life until he was 12 years old. And, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, like he's like, I knew it when the owl's like, no, you go to a magic school. <laughs> yeah. Like this explains so much. Yeah. That's hilarious. I love that. So that's what I think. But I, but because fours go to one in security, I think that's why I saw so much one mm. in him. Laura, do you buy that? I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know much about the self-preservation force. I'm going to need to do a little more research. I have always, thought, ever since I've thought about Harry Potter and the Enneagram, which has been a very mm-hmm. long time, um, I have always thought mm-hmm. of him as an eight with a nine wing. Oh. Which I have actually talked about with some other people before, and they did not see that either. So I could be totally wrong, but I think there's a way that he, I mean, both like, literally and metaphorically is always aware of where power is in any Mm -hmm. given situation. And he will not always be the first one to step into the role where there's a power vacuum, which isn't very eight like of him, but with a nine wing, Mm -hmm. I think taking that kind of peacemaker approach, being someone who thinks about other people and what they want and need while also being kind of a ringleader, um, in the way that he is. And, you know, he gets more and more opinionated as time goes on and as he kind of grows up. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I, now I just want to go back and reread all the Harry Potter books in light of this. So, right? let, so let me do, do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have not read them since I've known about the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to do that. And yeah, that's everyone, a little mind blowing if yeah. he's a four. I, re- I mean, I still really think. Like, I read that self-preservation for and, like, texted a bunch of people and, like, tweeted it. And I was like, I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) It's Harry. I'm going to go read about that now. Yeah. I think for our next segment, I want to do – this is the last segment, I think. Um, I want to do – I really want to do this segment so (laughs) bad. This segment is called We're All Going to Die in One of Nine Ways. Yes. How will each number die? The rule here is healthy numbers, not unhealthy numbers. That's too easy because they all either die of suicide or like overdose or something. (laughs) Um, But for a healthy number, how will they die? And we'll just do round robin on this one, starting with one, which will I'll start, I guess. I think a one dies by like on a dies on a hill. Get it? Because <laughs> like, yeah. like they die on that <laughs> hill every time. Um, I think I think they, they die in a battle that's probably not too necessary. Mm. Oh, I was I was thinking like they die on the front lines of a protest, like fighting for justice. Whoa, that's good too. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. That's even better. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bethany, what about twos? Um, I mean. <laughs> Okay, when when I'm you sure you thought a lot this. about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you 
when you posed this question to me, I just thought about that there's this tiny, short little story in Acts chapter 9, I think, about a woman named Tabitha. And it was like, she was doing all these compassionate mm-hmm. good deeds, and then she just got sick and died. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the sickness is not necessarily related to doing good deeds, but uh, but then she was raised from the dead so that's pretty yeah cool. yeah i was gonna say she that came back from the dead so that's like kind of great she yeah. did that's yeah, awesome so i would like to claim that for twos <laughs> sweet laura what about three um this is this is again morbid but we're talking about death my favorite topic threes are totally the people who die trying to take selfies at like the edge of the grand canyon <gasps> Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's that is true. You know, we're getting the right lighting. the The background is beautiful. Yeah. We look great, and then we just take one step back too far. We are not paying attention to things that are going on around us, yeah. and it's a little or narcissist. Like, you know, we fall into the pond at a yeah at a national park with like a moose. You're like trying yes. to take a selfie, and then it just like yeah, and then the you. moose gores you with its. With its antlers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, fours. Oh, my, guys, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm stuck right now. I am trying to think of how a four dies. Maybe just like hit by a car or something. I feel like, okay, wait, oh, can I say what something? It is. So my yeah. um, sibling is a four. And mm-hmm. he, uh, when we were little kids, he would be so engrossed in reading books like so like his fantasy world was so real to him what he was imagining yeah. and reading a book that he would just step out into traffic That's i mean nine exactly times out of ten. Oh, well yeah. there you go yeah yeah that when i said got hit by a car i said that ran as a random way of dying but then immediately i was like oh yes this is how it happens you're so <laughs> obsessed with yourself and what you're doing yeah you oh. just you just you walk into the street you just walk into poles and then into traffic and then you die <laughs> mm-hmm. there you go that's how it happens bethany what about a five fives i don't know maybe they just like they get so engrossed in like reading the encyclopedias <laughs> that they forget to eat and sleep and then they just like neglect their, their physical needs yep that sounds I right believe that's it. horrible <laughs> laura what about a six um so okay the very end of my favorite movie of all time which is uh, 21 Jump Street, starring Channing Tatum mm-hmm. and Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill is trying to fire his gun. And he's like, you know, can't do it, can't make it happen. He's just too nervous. And Channing Tatum notices that the bad guy is going to shoot Jonah Hill and jumps in front of him. He takes a bullet for his friend. Ooh, I and that's that. a complete six death. Luckily in the movie, Channing Tatum only Aww. gets hit in the shoulder, but that's like, you know, that's how a six wow. would die, taking a bullet for a friend. I love it. That's, that's great. so good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, I think a seven dies in pretty obvious ways. They just all happen to be really random. But, mm-hmm. you know, jumping off stuff or, like, <laughs> eating stuff maybe they shouldn't mm. or, like, uh, just doing stuff, like, that's dangerous because that's what they do. They just, like, do yeah, stuff. just dangerous stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about eights? Um, I feel like an eight would just like get into a fight with somebody. Yeah, no, but they wouldn't get killed in a fight, would they? Probably. With another. With eight. another eight. A fight with yeah, another it's like eight. Like two oh. two badgers. <laughs> two yeah. eights on different sides of an issue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like a physical fight, like they are, they're going at it. 
if you had two eights, like who would mm. who would come out on top? Oh, yeah. Um, right. Right. Well, maybe they both die in the fight. I don't they know. They die simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. Whose turn is next? It, is yeah, it it's me. And nines would die trying to decide where to go out to dinner. <laughs> you just like have a group of nines together and no to one death. would make a decision. <laughs> they would all defer to the other person until they died. <laughs> oh my gosh. All the oh. nines are going to be so um, offended. Sorry, I'm that. married to a nine, so I, I mean, can speak with authority. Oh, okay. It's yeah. okay then. That's we offended, fine. I think, every number here, except uh-huh. for the sixes mm. and the twos. Mm-hmm. The sixes maybe. and the twos, because we get raised from the dead. that's not dying that's the opposite well laura thanks so much for coming on the show this was really fun maybe before you go since we know you have to go you could just leave with um something you're you're having a hard time with in life and we could give you life advice you could just do that thing where you're like i'll take it off the air yes i've always wanted to say that and i've never been able to say that before well here's your chance okay (laughs) <laughs> so um i'm you know i recently had a baby he's three months old he's great and mm-hmm. for the next Congrats. thank you for the next month i am still staying at home and not really working i have one article i'm supposed to be writing but i have to spend this month like being a parent mm-hmm. and not being a three basically because I, mm-hmm. the thing that I'm achieving every day is keeping my son alive and spending time with him and like loving mm-hmm. him as well as I can. But people aren't seeing that. It's not impressive. It's not mm. getting accolades. Yeah. And I feel a good amount of anxiety about that. So being aware of that and, you know, mm. thinking about that a lot is definitely something I've been doing. So I'd love to hear what you think, but I'm going to take my advice off the air, you guys. I really like this question because um, I've definitely seen uh, my wife, Jennifer, go through this twice now and one of the things that i would think would be really hard as a three is exactly what laura was saying which is like not being able to sort of show people what you're accomplishing bethany Mm -hmm. i'm struggling as i'm talking about this (laughs) i'm i'm like trying to think through whether or not it is healthy to want that affirmation and people to see your accomplishments Mm -hmm. it has to be somewhat healthy because God made threes, right? Like, yeah. Is that isn't that, that like the key of a three? Like, that's what a three is. Yeah, wanting to be affirmed and seen as successful. I think it can go. I mean, like anything, it can be healthy and it can be not healthy. Mm-hmm. If you need to be affirmed by others for what you're doing in order for that to have value, like that's probably not healthy. Right. If right. you need that, but if you're just like. You know, I know myself and I need some affirmation that what I'm spending all of my time doing is valuable. Then, yeah, I think that's pretty normal. Here's something. I mean, the I guess the, the, what the core of the three isn't necessarily being seen as valuable, but to feel valuable. Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously the answer there is there are people closer to you, certainly, um, you know, there are people closest to you who can make you feel valuable one of the things that's incredibly hard about being a parent is that there is no performance review or report card Mm -hmm. right so you don't ever get anything back that just concretely says you're killing it right now and i feel like that can be a really disturbing reality (laughs) sometimes (laughs) it can be like like because your only feedback is literally like a person losing their mind and crying in your face Mm -hmm. um other than especially for like infants yeah 
I think that can be really tough. So um, I think the key is to like, maybe, okay, here's my concrete advice. Sit down and write down ways that your husband, those closest to you, and your kids and your child, even the, your infant <laughs> child, can can tell you that you're doing a good job. So, how does an infant child tell a mom that they're doing a good job? I think I they... I don't know that there's an answer to that. I think there is. I think that it's a lot less, like, obvious. It's more subtle. But, like, things like not crying might be one. Um, it's People say this jokingly, but it's true. If you keep your child alive, that is a feat. Yes. Like... It is. That, that is a real feat. Yeah. And so I think that needs to be even, I think even the act of writing it down as one of many ways you basically receive an A++ on your mm-hmm. report card. You know what I mean? <laughs> Will make you feel like I've accomplished something. Yeah. I, I'd also say Instagram is a good way to get like that quick hit of affirmation and <laughs> that you need uh, when you when you are struggling and just need someone to affirm you. Uh, just like post something on Instagram or Twitter or whatever and just say, look how cute my baby is. And everyone mm-hmm. will say, Respond yes, that's true. the heart eyes and everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, yeah. it works. It helps me. That's for sure. <laughs> um, <I laughs> what just, do you think, Bethany? <laughs> I was thinking when she was expressing that, like, I am now watching some of my friends go through this first baby thing. And it is like... Watching someone who's, like, really close to you, like, go through that, it's so much harder than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. And I just want to affirm, like, what you're doing is amazing. Like, if it's your first or your fifth or whatever, like, um, taking care of yourself and a newborn baby is incredibly amazing and impressive and I think that the feeling that like oh this is not impressing anyone I'm not accomplishing anything is just like not true I mean I just think it is amazing I totally agree yeah so a plus plus off the bat (laughs) Yes. Okay, so we're going to, for our last thing on the show, we are going to type reviews. I know that you, some of you are screaming at the podcast. <laughs> Have not I, stopped screaming since it started. <laughs> I, I reviewed you four days ago, <laughs> and no one's re- typed my review yet. Well, yeah. calm down, sir. <laughs> we're on top of it. Yeah. We... Uh, we have a lot of ground to ca- to catch up on, but we're going to yes. get there. We promise one way or another this will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to keep typing reviews. In the meantime, if you want to, um, if you want us to type you, just leave a review. It's all you have to do. Yep. That's our new jingle. If you want us to type you, just leave a review. That's all you have to do. Wow. Thanks, Bethany. All right. That was great. Thank you. Five stars. So, f- speaking of five stars, here's a five star review from Steph3313. It says, perfect in every way. There's a lot of great Enneagram content out there. This podcast is about having fun chatting about something that interests a lot of us. It's okay that it's not all in- correct in <laughs> quotes. I like the quotes. Yeah. It's true that we are not quote correct. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that's what makes it good. <laughs> well, I would debate <laughs> that part, but yeah. And then it says feeling inspired, three wing three four. Wing four. <laughs> uh, I don't know, probably three wing four. I would, th- yeah, I assume. I think so. Um. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, I love the this next one. one. <laughs> you go ahead and read this one. I'll, we'll Yay. alternate reading them. Okay. Yay! Five stars. What a great podcast, but I'm biased from that's, Dead Yet Living. That's me, guys. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> I'm a four. All right. Next one. Superb. Five stars. I Just to be clear, I love the word superb. When you're There are two words I love when it comes to reviewing something. Superb uh-huh. is one of them, and uh, lovely is the other. Lovely is a really good word to I use. I like that. Someone yeah. get out there and review us and say lovely. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's long. A genuinely amazing podcast. I'm also expecting a type me segment on the podcast <laughs> because of this, by the way. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I love this podcast and all the people that are on it because of their honesty, layback nature, and empathy. I love that being religious, I am not, in parentheses, uh-huh. is not an obstacle to enjoying this podcast like some other forms of Enneagram media. Wee. Looking at you, Enneacast. <laughs> Wow. Uh, we love that that's not an obstacle to enjoying the podcast. Either. Yeah. We welcome um, non-religious people and religious people alike. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, this podcast has helped me learn more about the Enneagram. I love ones and myself. I'd like to thank everyone that works on the show and has guested because each and every one of you is a true gift. I wish you all the best in their future podcast endeavors. That is so relationally focused. It feels like a two to me. So that's from Hippo421. In Great Britain. Ooh. 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 <laughs> I think all Great Britain people are twos anyway, so let's I'm just gonna, go with that. Yeah, I agree with you. Yep, because I feel very loved by that, so. All right. I have. I do not feel as loved by this next one, but you take it. Okay. A fun listen, four stars. What the heck? <laughs> Um, this was fun. I appreciate your authenticity and self-awareness while not taking yourselves too seriously. So many people say that. I'm glad. Like That, that we don't me... take ourselves too seriously? Yeah, and that people get that. Yeah, that's true. I guess we don't say that out loud on the podcast very much. Well, huh? no, because who would, say, who would just sit here and say, Maybe we should I don't take our... myself seriously. Should we add it to our intro? We're obsessed no. about the Enneagram, <laughs> but we don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. And can relate to a lot of what you're chatting about. Any guesses on my number? Yes. In can New I Zealand. Just say, yeah. Can, oh, New Zealand. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can I say they t- they re- reference two things they appreciate? Authenticity, Authenticity and, and self-awareness. self-awareness. That's a yeah. four. Yep, absolutely. Tell us if you're right, because I feel pretty good about that one. I do, too. <clears throat> pretty confident. All right, next one. My kind of podcast. Five stars. As someone who is Enneagram curious... I love this podcast. Am I a nine? A four? I don't know. I don't care. You're uh nine. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bethany and Richard are gems. This show is quirky and I will listen to every episode. Definitely a nine. Yeah. Go ahead. Next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that was uh P. Charlene G. Mm-hmm. By the way. And the one before that was Louis Louis. <laughs> yeah, we're really bad at reading the names right now. Uh okay. 
uh, fun, lighthearted, and genuine, looking for a way to feed your Enneagram fascination but have already made your way through all the Enneagram Institute's pages, <laughs> typed all your friends, and been told to shut up at parties? Or are you stressed about discerning your type and need some unique low pressure ways hold on i got it oh this is long <laughs> yes i was gonna say uh low pressure ways of thinking of the numbers or are you tired of how everyone treats the enneagram as the holy grail slash something completely sacred but are still intrigued <laughs> and like to think about it if you can answer yes that to was, any of these that questions felt like all one sentence it was so long it really does feel like that but there are a couple sentences in there yeah um, <laughs> As an Enneagram fan who's been to Suzanne Stubiel's workshop, whoa, listens to Sleeping whoa. At Last songs and podcasts, same, and really enjoys using it to think about people and do something, do some introspection. I highly recommend this as a fun, low key podcast. Make you laugh and reflect. They're upfront about what it is and what it isn't. Uh, avoid it if you think you'll be offended by the ranking of the numbers, but if <laughs> this is the case, the experience will probably be good for you can i just say i don't think they uh frame that correctly what? because if you just say to someone if you're offended by people ranking enneagram numbers don't check it out i uh -huh. feel like a number of people are gonna be like oh i'm not checking that out you have yeah. to say somewhere it's a joke in that sentence jokingly oh, ranking jokingly the numbers ranking the i mean We've talked about this so many times. We think that ranking the numbers is a self-evident joke, but apparently it isn't. <laughs> so, uh, right. Anyway, they say at the end, uh, they don't know their number. They ruled out eight and seven. <laughs> so. After all this thinking. <laughs> wow. They've thought so much. Um, maybe they're a five. Five or a nine, that, that's the rule, no, five or a nine. I don't think nine, but I really think maybe five because they have like, it sounds like they've read a lot, they've been to workshops, they listen to all the podcasts, I don't know, but like yeah. I do that too, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, everyone <laughs> on our, uh, everyone who listens to us that probably does that. Yeah. Let's okay, just say you, five and move five. on. Okay, moving on. Enneagram. This is the last one. Enneagram-tastic. A semi-serious explorations of all things Enneagram. The hosts are super funny. Their laughter is contagious. Ooh, sorry, guys. Didn't mean to Aww. give you contagious <laughs> stuff. <laughs> this is the podcast I didn't know I needed. I'm secretly hoping the Ennea slang takes off. Mm. But if it doesn't, that's okay. That's okay. The reason um, that's the last one, which, by the way, that's uh, probably a, I don't know, four, because they like funny things. What? And they want Indian slang takeoff. Six. Six. I'm going with six. I was going to say two because they said they didn't know they needed this, so they don't, if they don't know their needs. That sounds like a six to me, too, though. Okay. Like a six is like, well. they, here they, here's the thing. They contradict themselves twice. They didn't know they needed it. It's like, I need this. I didn't know that. Uh, and then uh, they hope the Enneagram slang takes off. But if it doesn't, that's okay. That's a six that is, doesn't trust themselves. Okay, Red Shoes 7 red in, shoes Australia, seven. in Australia. In Australia is a six. <laughs> I right. love seeing where these people are from. It's really fun. I agree. It is really fun. 
All right. Well, that brings us to our next segment, which I actually want to do right now, called oh, Can We okay. Make Enneagram Slang Happen? <laughs> Let's uh, hear it. Bethany, get ready. We got a suggestion from our listeners, and we will always take suggestions for Enneagram Slang. Yes. This is from Cuppet with an exclamation mark <laughs> on Twitter. Hers, her, any, her Twitter name is Super Cuppet. That's two Ps. And two T's in the word cuppet. Okay. You know, just how you spell cuppet. <laughs> um, they have an Enneagram slang that I freaking love. Okay. Any epiphany. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that. She said, example, S was talking about nuns going to a six and stress and being paranoid, but how she might not always go to a six. I've been thinking of it. This is a long example. <laughs> Yeah, I've been th- it's like use it in a sentence and then it's a paragraph. <laughs> um, I've been thinking I'm a nine and I've been stressed. And when she said it, I whispered paranoia in awe because that's exactly <laughs> me right now. In the epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was not a great use it in a sentence example. Okay, wait. I have an example okay. of, of a real any epiphany I had. So for a while I was... Um, for, I spent a couple months like trying to make sure that I was not a six and that mm-hmm. I was a two mm-hmm. because I have a lot of six and I was talking to a friend about like the fear versus the shame triad and I was like, I really don't know what I experience more fear or shame. Mm. And my friend kind of explained to me like what the shame voice sounds like versus what the fear voice sounds like. And, like, shame is, like, attacking, like, your worth and your value. Like, I'm horrible. I'm terrible. Yeah. No one loves me. Blah, blah, blah. Sounds familiar. And then, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then fear is, like, oh, bad things are going to happen to me. And I just, I guess I just did not know much about shame. And so, but when she verbalized those things, I had an any epiphany. Yeah. And totally, yeah, realized. I love this word because it's so appropriate for the that experience we have so Mm -hmm. often and it's like uh i don't know if there's a better word for it to be honest so i think think we can make any epiphany happen what do you think yeah i think so okay we had one other segment we wanted to do with (laughs) laura turner but we didn't have time it's called what what number would you envy Mm -hmm. um of all the numbers like what's the number you wish you wish you were and i think i already talked about mine it's probably a three you oh you want to be a three? I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I kind because of want to be a three. Yeah. You were just you were saying though that you're bad at your threeness. Yeah, I'm not so, good at it. I'm not okay. good at it. So here's the deal: if you're a four wing three, all you want to do is be a three wing four, real bad, because four wing threes are constantly trying to like uh, make their dumb passion project work out. <laughs> and they don't know how. They don't know how to make things they that are them work. So I feel like if I was a three, I could like really pull it off well and then feel like it is a part of me and everyone likes me. Okay. That's well, healthy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this we're literally doing a thing right now that you are making it work. That's true. So Yeah, this has been one of my happiest projects in a while. Yeah. No offense, other projects in my life. <laughs> Me too. I don't have other projects in my life, but um, just people. 
is true. Any arrested. We can make that happen, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that's that's we got to work on that. There's a better word for that probably. Okay. Any a slammed. <laughs> Boom! Yes! That was okay. an Enya slam. Sure. All right. When you weaponize the Enneagram in good faith. In good faith. Yeah, like it's like between friends, right? It's an Yeah. Just a little Enya slam there. A little Enya burn. Uh, no, what how can you not use Enya Enya slam, <laughs> Bethany? I'm really excited about this. <laughs> It okay. rhymes with Enneagram. So, okay. I'm sorry that I don't share your immediate enthusiasm. <laughs> All right. It's good. Okay. Can we talk about me now? No. <laughs> yes. I want so badly to be an eight. I would really oh. love to be an eight. Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't because it? I'm thinking about eight, it right now. Like, I mean, I wish I could have a number for like how much time I spend in my life worrying about what other people think yes. about me and yes. if they like me and if I'm pleasing them. And eight's just like don't care what other people think about them i'm closing my eyes i have my hand in the air (laughs) right (laughs) yeah i i just i would love to be an eight so yeah but the sad part is like so i go to eight and stress that's a very real thing that i frequently experience Uh uh-huh but unlike an eight, I feel horribly guilty about Afterward. it. Like Afterward, you have an eight I'm like, hangover? <laughs> yes. Like, I just feel ashamed of, like, how rude I was. And, yeah. like, yeah. Because yeah. in the moment, I just, like, stop caring about other people's feelings. But then soon after, I do care very much. Yeah. I so. I have that with ones. One, when I go to, wait, one is my healthy. That's your security number. Never mind. Okay. Forget it. Forget it. But when I do go to one, sometimes I will uh, regret that because mm-hmm. I'll just like blurt out what's right in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. and then I'll be like, "Oh, was that okay?" I don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I totally relate to that. But the <sighs> thing that people think about eight sometimes they like don't they don't know what to do, but they just do stuff. And the thing about eights is that they actually know what to do. Like they don't have to, a healthy eight, especially. <laughs> Like, they just know what to do inherently. They don't mm-hmm. have to feel or think about anything. Oh, yeah. They just, they just have do. an instinctual sense of what to do, and then they do that thing. Yeah. And it makes me so angry because I have to <laughs> ag- literally agonize, literally <laughs> agonize over something <laughs> for two weeks until I know what I should do, and then I yeah. have to coax myself into doing that thing. Mm-hmm. Eights were jealous of you. Eights were jealous of you and rate and review our show and <laughs> that's the end of the podcast now. That's that's it. Alright. I think that was a good podcast. I think it was good. Cool. Yeah. This has been No Chill Enneagram. It is hosted and produced by Richard Clark and Bethany Perkins. Edited by Richard Clark. Theme music is Max Flashback by Lee Rosevere. We want to hear from you. If you're an Enneagram number 9, 4, 2, or 7, feel free to leave a review on iTunes. 
if you are a six, please only do this if you trust us. If you are an eight or a one, please do not leave us a review on iTunes. But you can feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, where we'd love to be challenged by you or hear from your overflowing inner critic. Our Twitter handle is at NoChillAnyapod. That's at NoChillAnyapod. Enneagram number five. Please include us in your next exhaustive list of hilarious podcasts. And threes, you can just give us credit after we inspire you to do whatever amazing thing you're going to do next. If you are a number one through nine and you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast wherever podcasts are subscribable. This is an Area Code podcast.